Hello, Rock Your World Naturally family. God bless you. It is always a blessing to have you with me. Thank you so much to all of our new and returning listeners. We are still on our journey to embracing intentions. And today we're being intentional about our mental health. You know, our minds are constantly bombarded with countless voices that compete for our attention. How can we really discern the difference between the truth and a lie? My guest on today's show, Tracy Tarras, is going to show us how by using proven strategies from her book, Many Voices, One Truth, sifting through competing noise that interferes with the Savior's voice. You're going to discover how Tracy masterfully blends faith and psychology to help individuals eliminate confusion and promote internal quiet. When it comes to women's health, there's an overwhelming amount of information out there, and honestly, it can be quite confusing. Diets, fads, trends, which one is right? What if I told you the answers to optimal health can be found in one of the most ancient medical books ever written, the Bible? If you're ready to take the guesswork out of living a healthier life, you're in the right place. Welcome to the Rock Your World Naturally Show. I'm Rakesia McMillan honorably retired Air Force veteran, certified health coach, and award-winning author. After years of trying to recover my health the world's way, I was still sick, depressed, and had no energy. Finally, I surrendered to God and He showed me in the Bible how to recover my health, and it rocked my world naturally. My calling is to help women who were struggling and burnout to have more energy and lose weight by using God's prescription for physical, mental, and spiritual health. If you're ready to experience extraordinary health, grab your favorite herbal tea or power smoothie and let's get ready to rock your world naturally. Hello and God bless everyone. Thank you so much for tuning in to today's show. I'm very excited about what we are going to be speaking about, talking about, and about a week or so ago, I shared that our health focus will be about being intentional. And today I'm excited to share our guest today who has uh, written a book that is going to be a blessing, I believe, to so many who will be listening um, regarding being intentional about not only our mental health, physical health, just our overall well-being. And so I'm excited to present to you today Tracy Terrace, and she's a licensed marriage and family therapist. Uh, she's the president and owner of Healing the Mind and Spirit Incorporated, where she leads a team of counselors. Her practice is currently located in Santa Clarita Valley, where psychotherapy services are provided for couples, families, individuals, adolescents, child therapy. And she also provides some coaching to help um, with a variety of topics from creative blocks, nutritional problems, and even women's issues. And so Tracy, I just wanna take time to give you a very warm welcome to the Rock Your World Naturally show on today. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. 
Oh, excited. Great introduction. <laughs> oh, you're so, so very welcomed. And so when I, when I came across you, there was an immediate connection because one, you are a therapist. Mm-hmm. And uh, I just have to share this bit that when I first um, did my internship in therapy work, one of the first internship sessions that I got into it was with a couple. And it was a very heated, intense moment. And from that moment, I knew, Tracy, I did not <laughs> want to be a marriage and family therapist. So I have so much respect and admiration <laughs> for those who, who work in the field. And so what... Um, what was it that really led you into the path of working with marriages and families? Well, it was uh, through my own therapy. Uh, I, I needed to have therapy. I was in my late twenties and I went to therapy and it actually worked. And so from there, I, I kept referring people to my therapist who is Dr. Barbara Corin Cohen. She's really great. Uh, she's, she too is in California And uh, so it worked. So I kept referring people to her, my friends and family, people that I thought needed some couch time, as we say in the, in the (laughs) field. And, um, and, and then one day I was at work and I distinctly uh, had an impression and it was, I don't remember if it was, you need to be a therapist or I need you to be a therapist, Mm. but it resonated and it rang true. And so I called my husband and three of my closest friends and and let them know that I I had this impression. And all four of them said something to the effect of, I can totally see you doing that, or you would be so good at that, or you would help so many people, something like that. So I that was affirmation enough for me. And so I looked into programs and I'm a Christian. So I wanted to go to a Christian university because, you know, when I spoke to other people about it, like at the time a lot of Christians were kind of skeptical about therapy and psychology, therapy specifically in psychology in general, and, and thought it wasn't a good idea. But I followed my first, you know, my, my core people's um, thought about it and my own initial thought about it, because I think uh, God validated it through those people. If I had spoken to some of the others, I probably wouldn't be doing this, but like I said, I followed my gut and um, the affirmation from those closest to me. And I looked for a Christian program and chose Azusa Pacific here in Southern California because they integrate faith and uh, psychology. And then, you know, just went through the educational process, the training process, and opened a private practice after I was licensed. And the way I got into working with couples specifically is I found that I, I worked really well with marriages and I found that I liked it. And most of the married people who come in for therapy, they, they are the population that will actually most often put um, the interventions and tools to work in their lives. Because, you know, when people come in for individual um, counseling, they want help and they want to heal, but because it's just them, I think there's a slower, there can sometimes be a slower putting the interventions into practice. Whereas when you're here with and for another person, and I call, you know, a a lot of times I'll tell couples, I'm not 
the husband's therapist. I'm not the wife's therapist. I'm the therapist of the relationship. And so I really enjoyed, I found that I enjoyed working with couples. And a lot of my colleagues uh, had the same experience or that you had with working with uh, couples that it could be very noisy and chaotic at times. And, you know, one, most people coming are coming in with one foot in the door and one foot out. And it's really can be very discouraging. So a lot of my colleagues were referring couples to me because they knew I enjoyed working with couples and I liked, um, you know, helping marriages in that way. So my practice kind of built rather quickly because colleagues were sending, like if they were working with someone individually who needed couples therapy, they wouldn't refer them to me. Or if they got a call for someone looking for couples therapy, they were like, well, Tracy likes this population. So let me just refer to her. And so that's how I um, built my practice. I still see individual people uh, it's probably 60, 40 with most, mostly couples. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much for sharing that journey. Um, because yeah. I love the fact too how, you know, God will always confirm like what we're supposed to be doing, whether it's through a person, whether it's through a quiet time scripture, like he's always going to confirm that. And mm-hmm. nine times out of 10, like where we're supposed to be, we're kind of sort of in that vein. So when your friends were saying like, I could totally see you doing that. Was it that people always sought you out for guidance, for counseling um, in that way? Yeah. Ever since I was a teenager, I'm the, I'm the eldest of my siblings. So I think God put a certain something in me that allows me to be able to hear the story behind the story and get to the heart of the matter rather quickly. And so, yeah. And in my adult life, especially at church and stuff, people would, you know, come to me for counsel and, and, you know, like at birthdays and little celebrations where we would share about each other. One of the themes um, that people would say was that, you know, I was wise. I never really considered myself wise. I never really thought about that. Um, But people kept saying it. And I think that, And I never even put it together with regards to counseling. It was just, I think that in answer to your question about people coming to me, I think that that, that's what people saw, you know? And I remember my my grandmother always telling me to go with your first mind. And then later in life, my stepmom told me, she reiterated that and said, you should always go with your first mind because Satan is not allowed to speak first. The spirit speaks first. Mm. And uh, she said, the spirit will speak and you'll, you'll get a resonation that that's, that's the truth or that's what you need to do. And then the enemy will come and try to make you doubt and things like that. And Mm -hmm. so, you know, even through other uh, people of faith, you know, like with their fears and concerns that, Oh, you were going to get swept away in psychology and, you know, do all this stuff. And, but God wasn't concerned with that. So he's mm-hmm. had me by the hand all this time. And, you know, here I am, I followed my first mind. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think, you know, as you shared Tracy, that a lot of times just the outlook on psychology and mixing that in with faith, there are many people that are still like opposed to that. But when mm-hmm. it comes to the mental component of who we are. That's that soulish part. Oh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. The, the study of psychology is actually the study of the soul. If you were Google, what is psychology today? You'd get 
you know, myriad answers like um, the study of behavior, emotions, mental capacities, the study of, you know, human relationships, human behavior and stuff like that. And it is all of that. But the original Greek definition is the study of the soul. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I think that's often one of the most overlooked components, but it is the most essential component of who we are, because that's where the hurts, the traumas, the abuse, like all of that takes place within that psychological or that that soulish part of who we are. Yeah. And I and I think a lot of Christians and Christian leaders are a lot more open, like uh, there's been more opening to the idea of um, sending parishioners uh, to therapists. When I first opened my practice, I created little cards on Vistaprint and went around to local churches saying, hey, if you you know, have anything that pops up that might be you know, out of the realm of your scope and you feel like they need a therapist. I'm a therapist. I'm a Christian therapist. I'm right here in town. And, and people were hungry for that. I mean, and, you know, um, you know, I, I had coffee with a couple of pastors and, you know, they told me some of the needs and stuff like that. And, and I remember one, one pastor on the phone, he just kind of, just kind of railed into me immediately. Well, do you, you know, open the Bible? Is the Bible your sole source of, um, uh, uh, counsel. And, and, and I was like, well, no, I, I don't open the Bible mm-hmm. in my office. I will, if, you know, if, if I have one here in my office, in fact, I have a, a Bible called the care and counsel Bible and it's for therapists and, you know, MSWs, you know, yes. like yourself. And, and, um, I was going to say, I can show it to you, but I forgot we were on radio. <laughs> but <laughs> but uh, it's called the Care and Counsel Bible, if you want to look into it. And it in the front of it, it has, you know, depression, anxiety, relational issues, a lot of the issues that, you know, come up in the mental health capacity that people uh, need help, you know, with and for and things like that. But this particular pastor, he was like, I'm not sending anyone to you. And I was okay with that because, you know, like I said, it's, We've been evolving over time where there's more openness to counsel outside of pastoral counselors. Mm -hmm. And there's lots of pastors who are recognizing that, you know, hey, you know, depression is a real thing. Like it used to be that depression is uh, faithlessness. People would say that or they would Mm -hmm. say anxiety is a form of atheism because you're not Mm -hmm. believing in God. And it's just so not true. Like a lot of depression and anxiety symptoms come from like traumas and, and, um, and for an, in a case of anxiety, it could be something like disorganization in your life and, you know, not giving yourself margin, you know, in things that you need to do. But a lot of times it has a lot to do with brain chemistry, what's handed down, you know, through mm-hmm. the generations, how a person is thinking and perceiving and seeing themselves, the world and others. And, and so I think a lot of um, people in the Christian community uh, parishioners themselves have been open a lot longer than say leadership and, you know, people yeah. in the pastoral counseling positions, but they're coming around. I have to say. Mm, I would totally agree with you regarding that Tracy, because I think for many pastors that taking a look at what their parishioners may be going through, that some things are spiritual matters and then some things are emotional or psychological matters. 
And many times it's just looked at like, you're not reading enough. You're not praying enough. You're not seeking God enough. Like those traumas are not specifically spiritual matters per se, but they're matters that must be addressed from that psychological perspective. Yeah. Well, you're absolutely right. And I think that uh, because because the Bible talks about, um, you know, how the word of God is living and active. And then the next line says, capable of dividing soul and spirit. So mm. because of that, I believe that spirituality and psychology are opposite sides of the same coin. So when one is impacted, it naturally impacts the other. Because if you're depressed and anxious or if you're in conflict in your deepest and closest relationships, it's really hard to connect to God. And mm-hmm. if you're if you're having connection issues with God, sometimes that can impact your thought life. You know, like if you're mad at God, like if someone's died or something has happened, you know, in your life and you go through that um, feeling of, you know, feeling disconnected uh, from the divine, disconnected from God, it can impact how you're thinking about the rest of your life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and um, when you hit on that topic of how we're thinking about God, life, situations, that's a perfect segue into your book about <laughs> thinking and thoughts. And so I did have a chance to, to go through it. And so could you just share with those who are listening the title of your book and how this actually evolved? Okay. Well, the title of the book is Many Voices, One Truth, and it's available on Amazon or barnesandnoble.com. It might be in some Barnes and Noble stores. But the way it evolved, um, it started, the idea came to me um, during uh, a family crisis. One of my younger sisters had a stroke and she was only like 37 or 38 years old at the time. And I had gone to Texas with three of my other sisters to see about her and, you know, take care of her and just be there with her as a support system. And so uh, my other three sisters responded to the crisis in their own way. Uh, two of two of my sisters leaned into God and one was distracted in some other way. And uh, you would think that me being the marriage and family therapist, that I would, you know, be the one leaning into God, you know, as a, as a disciple of Christ. But I kind of just got busy and, and started working to get services in place um, mm-hmm. with her. In my field, I work with a lot of uh, MSWs and case managers and the like. And so I knew that my sister would need um, some services once she was discharged from the hospital because she wouldn't be able to just go straight back to work because she had some rehabilitating to do and all that. But in the midst of all of that, I started feeling uh, anxious and I, I didn't know why. And because I was feeling anxious, I, I that was followed by wanting to get out of there. I wanted to come home back to California to my husband who you know I love and who loves me and to my two daughters and the safety and, and the family that, you know, we've created here. I just wanted to get away from, you know, pain and, and fear. And then I started feeling guilty, which led me to start feeling sad. And I, out of all of that, I, from out of nowhere, I just started having suicidal feelings and, or suicidal thoughts and, and feelings. And, and I was like, what is going on? Like, where is all of this coming from? So 
I had a, a conversation with a close friend of mine who I used to share a house with. We were roommates. And she said, like, this has nothing to do with what's going on. This has to do with what you believe. So when I was little, the reason I was having anxiety while helping my sister was when I was little, my mother traced a palm, a line on the palm of my hand and said that I was going to die young. Mm -hmm. And so for the longest time, I had that belief that I was going to die young. Like I dealt with that in therapy. I dealt with that, you know, being a Christian and, you know, talking to older women and, you know, praying through it and stuff and, and just kind of dismissing that belief. So I thought I had dealt with it and I had to a degree, but it was still my sister's having a stroke, you know, at such a young age brought that belief up from my unconscious mind to my conscious mind. And so that's what was provoking the anxiety and then my wanting to escape from the anxiety and wanting, wanting to come, come home brought up the belief that I was also told when I was little that I was evil and that I was going to burn in hell. Mm. And so because um, I was wanting to go home, I was thinking I ought to want to be here to help my sister and not escape, you know, to my easy life, which, you know, my life wasn't easy, but escape to, you know, where my, where I had built, you know, love and protection and safety for myself. So I thought that was, bad to want that when I, what I should want was to stay there and help my sister. Even though the four of us had already decided that we would take turns coming back for a week to two weeks, three weeks or whatever. Um, um, once we left, but so that was why I was feeling suicidal because, you know, the belief that I was, you know, evil was also popping up. So this experience led me to think, you know, what do I really believe deep down in myself? Because again, I had dealt with these childhood issues of, you know, being told I would die young and then being told I was evil and was going to burn in hell and all that. But I, I apparently not on a deep enough level because they just came up and I felt like I was like drowning in it. So when I, when I thought about it, I thought of my clients and how a lot of times, you know, people are sitting across from me and you know, they're beautiful inside and out, and they have all this stuff going for them in their lives. They're actually safe and secure a lot of times in their life. And they're just dealing with one issue or two issues, you know, or a handful of issues even. But, you know, for the most part, they're they're okay in their life. And in the areas where they're not okay, you know, we're dealing with it. But what I noticed is that people believe all kinds of stuff about themselves, you know, Christians and, and, you know, people that are not necessarily of the faith or any faith, they will believe all kinds of lies and just things that aren't true. So I really thought, you know, a, a, coupled with what I was going through and what I saw in my practice that I needed to write some kind of manual to help people with this. And so um, the, the working title of the book was belief beyond belief because I wanted people to examine what it is they believe and figure out how to get to that place within yourself where it's more than belief, you know, it's beyond belief. It's a point, it's a, it's a process or an area where you know what you know is true instead of believing the lies that, you know, pop up in your mind. Mm -hmm. so, um, so the book was born. Yeah. yeah. And just you sharing that, you know, things that were spoken over your life, words are so powerful, so impressionable right. to us as children. 
that these were things that were spoken to you as a little girl, but they were impacting you as an adult woman. Yeah, they were. Yeah. And I and think most of our stories. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think many people are in that situation that they may be experiencing, whether it is anxiety, whether it is fear, and they haven't really pinpointed it. And so for you, Tracy, like, how did you pinpoint the the root or the cause of the fears for you? Well, I think it was uh, being open over the course of my life and talking to people about what it is I was going through. Because when you're in the midst of things, you don't, you can't, it's hard for you to come to that on your own. Like I always tell my clients that I believe that whatever they are presenting with, they have the answers on the inside. It's my job to help peel away the debris and peel away, you know, whatever's blocking the truth, you know, their access to the truth. So for me, I didn't pinpoint it. Like I had it within me, but because I was open and shared it with my friend, Martha, who was my Mm -hmm. roommate at the time, when I called her and I was telling her what I was going through, she was able to just go right to the source and say, this is what it is. Mm -hmm. And she was basing that on things that I've shared with her. And so what I would say to people is, you know, I think everyone that can benefit from therapy, even if you're not like necessarily, uh, even if you don't necessarily have a diagnosis of depression or anxiety, sometimes you just have problems in life issues, problem in living issues. But even if you don't go to a therapist, if you have something that's bothering you, talk with someone about it, because sometimes people can hear things in what you're saying that you can't hear, that you don't have access to for whatever reason. And there's lots of reasons that we don't have access to our own truth. Um, Part of it is trauma. Part of it is we're too close to it. Part of it, we've been told things about ourselves that are not true and we're hanging on to those things and those things are blocking access to the truth. So Mm -hmm. be open and, you know, be open with people that you trust and that are safe. Don't just be out there sharing all your business with everyone, which is something that I had to learn as a young Christian. But I think openness is key. And, you know, the Bible says the Bible doesn't say give advice, but it says seek advice. And I think that's where a lot of, you know, people in uh, faith based communities can get it twisted where there's people that's just telling other people what they should do and how they should live when in actuality, what the Bible says is to seek advice and allow people to come to you with help, but be open when you're going to people that you trust. And that's so good. So good to really, as you shared about the the seeking, that's just an essential and a crucial part of getting the help that that's needed. Mm -hmm. um, In your book, Tracy, you talk about four voices and you compare those to four major broadcasts, which I thought was really creative. And so can you share a little bit about the four voices and how you kind of correlated those with the the broadcasting stations? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, when I was little, um, um, there was cable, but we didn't have cable. We only had ABC, NBC, CBS, and PBS. Those were the four major networks, you know, on television. And so I thought, you know, people 
are always listening to some broadcast or another, you know, either they're tuned into something on television, which now we have hundreds and hundreds of broadcast networks, but the four that I used for that I see when people are battling, you know, thoughts and trying to change their cognitions um, are self, Satan, society, and savior. And so I liken those to the four broadcast networks I grew up with, with regards to, you know, what whatever it is you're thinking or perceiving, you're probably tuned into one of those four networks at any given time. So in the book, I talk about uh, the differences between the different networks and I show the reader how to identify when they are listening to one or the other. And I include, inter we call them interventions in my field, but they're exercises and tools that you can use to turn down or off some of the voices that are not edifying and providing truth and affirming to you and turn up the voice of the savior. And the voice of the savior is the one truth, you know, because if you listen to, if you believe what the word of God says, the word of God, you know, comes from Jesus. Like he's the author of the Bible. Like, yeah, he, you, the Holy spirit used men to write it, but you know, it comes from God. And so if you tune into that voice, that's the truth that you can live your life by. Sometimes self and society can be affiliates of the Savior voice. So say, for instance, if you are, if the self voice is speaking to you and it's uh, you're thinking about things from your past or from your upbringing or just from your life in general that are life affirming, that moves you forward then that might be an affiliate, the self being an, that's an, the self being an affiliate of the savior voice. If you're, if the self voice is speaking and it's negativity, it's disparaging remarks, it's probably coming from some place in your past or something from your childhood or your life experience that's pulling you down. That's an affiliate of the Satan voice. And the society voice can be the same as well, where some of it's good. I mean, cause there's so many people out uh, in social uh, media and the media that's doing good and giving good information, but that's not always the case. So if you're listening to something that's causing you to compare or to put yourself down or to feel you're not enough, then that's the society voice uh, that may be the affiliate, you know, of the Satan network and vice versa. If it's affirmative could be the, the savior network. So even though, Self and society can be either or. Satan and savior cannot be. They're one or the other. Like they have nothing to do with each other. Like uh, the Bible says, what does Christ have to do with Belial? What does light, life, light have to do with darkness? Like they, they don't skip around, you know, like but Satan can pose as an angel of light, you know, like as a messenger of light. And so that's why you have to be in your word because if what you're thinking it conflicts with the word, then, you know, you know, be deep in prayer and, and asking the Holy Spirit to direct you. And so a lot of that, a lot of the exercises in the book teaches the reader how to cultivate, cultivate that spirit side of themselves to make that muscle stronger. Just like if you wanted, you know, more cut Angela bicep type, Angela Bassett type biceps, you have to do those curls. Yeah. The exercises helps you to develop the muscle of silence, the muscle of calm, the muscle of peace. And the reason silence is important 
the reason it's important to be settled is because unlike the other three voices that could be yelling and screaming at any time, the Savior speaks in a still small voice. So you have to quiet yourself to tune in. And if it's quiet in there, in there, in your in yourself and in your in your mind, then you'll hear him. You'll learn to hear him more clearly and more often. Hmm. I like how you said that we have to be able to be in our word. And I think that goes back to what you said earlier, too, how the word is a discerner of our thoughts. It is a discerner of our soul. And so when we're in the word, it's going to help us to readily identify what voice it is that may be coming against our mindsets. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. The word is powerful, you know, and, and it, you have to get it down in your bones. Like I, I remember um, having a Bible study with someone and she was saying things that weren't of the word, you know, and the other two ladies that I was with, they were saying, well, you need to be more, you know, open-minded. And I, I am an open-minded person, but what she was saying was really, really far off. And so I had this battle in myself with regards to like, you know, am I not open-minded? Should I, I mean, I just, I was just having like, should I just give some leeway to this? But I just really didn't feel like I could. And and then, and so after the study, I had to work. So I went to my office and I, I wasn't looking for anything in particular. And I opened the Bible to Jeremiah. I think it's Jeremiah 20 verse nine. I might get the numbers <laughs> wrong, but it, it says, uh, something like your word is a fire in my bones. Indeed, I cannot not speak about it. Something like that. And I just cried because I felt like the spirit had, because I had never really noticed that. I'm sure I had read that scripture, but it never really, I, I never really landed on it or it stuck. But I felt like the spirit was telling me to just be where I'm at right now. Mm-hmm. You know, that, you know, the word, if, 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 if I'm feeling like, well, this doesn't resonate with what I know of the word, then just let it be. Because I felt like he was telling me that that's how he sees me. Like the word, his word is a fire in my bones and I could not shut up about it. And he was okay with that, you know, but I also learned later to just let people be where they are because we all have our own journey. You know, God, it says that God, the Bible says that God calls, like God gives faith, you know, to whom he wants to. And so it's like, that means, I think God gives faith to everyone, but we don't all receive the same measure of faith or uh, intuition or insight into the word at the same time or in the same way. I mean, there are people that are way further along in their learning of the word than I am Mm -hmm. for sure. So I am where I am and I'm okay with letting people be where they are. So like, as you read the Bible, you know, just let the spirit move you in however way he's moving you. Mm-hmm. I think that's so good to remember that we all are at those different levels. We all have our own walk. We own, all have our own path and our own journey. And God mm-hmm. will um, speak to us in those various places and those points of where we're at in our lives. Yeah. Yeah. And so for those who are listening, Tracy, that want to dive deeper into knowing about the one true voice and how to discern 
you know, between those four voices, where can they find you? Where can they find your book? How do they get a hold of you? So I am at, I'm on Instagram at Tracy Terrace, and that's T-R-A-C-Y-T-A-R-I-S. And also at Healing the Mind and Spirit. That's the name of my my group private practice that I have here in Santa Clarita, California. And if you are in if if you are in California, all of our therapists here are licensed to um, to help people that are sitting our residences of California. And so we do have an office for people who are in the Los Angeles area and want to drive in and see. But we also uh, offer telehealth services um, through um, a telehealth medium that we use. The book, uh, you can also subscribe to my email list. And if you can find that at tracyterrace.com, just go to the subscribe uh, page and put in your email and you'll get uh, devotionals or um, uh, blogs that I write. And uh, the book can be found at amazon.com and at barnesandnoble.com. Outstanding, outstanding. And are are there any parting words, Tracy, that you would like to share with our listeners on today? Yeah, I would like to share that you are uh, holy and dearly loved by our creator God and everything he put in you, he put in you for a reason. And anything that you think about yourself that is negative or disparaging, check it out through the word and, and see who does God say you are? Who does God say, you know, we are like, how are we described as in the Bible? Like we're created in his image. We're holy and dearly loved. We have a purpose, you know, we're adopted sons and daughters of the living God. We're co-heirs with Christ. Like look into the word and see what all of that means and speak those things to yourself, like pray and ask the Holy Spirit to help you overcome your unbelief and pick a scripture or two that um, negates whatever negativity you are believing about yourself. Thank you so much for sharing that along with the strategy um, as well, how to keep our minds um, healthy and focused. And so um, it has been my pleasure interviewing you today, Tracy. Oh, it's been my pleasure being here, Rikisha. Thank you, Rikisha. Thank you so much for having me. And call me anytime. I'll come back anytime you want. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Again, it's been a pleasure. And I pray that God would continue to bless you, your practice, and um, all that you do in helping us to stay well in our spirit, our soul, and our body. So God bless you, Tracy. I received that. Thank you very much. (laughs) I hope that you enjoyed today's episode. I pray that it blessed and challenged you to move towards living the abundant life that God has for you. If so, would you stop right now to share this episode with someone who's been praying to improve their health spiritually, physically, or emotionally? I would love it if you could take 30 seconds to leave a review on Apple Podcasts. This is the only way that I know that you're liking the show. Also, it rocks my world to hear from you. Lastly, come on over to my free community, RakesiaMcMillanCommunity.com to grab your free gifts. I have everything you need to know about working with me, taking my courses or connecting. 
Also head over to rakesiamcmillan.com to explore my health products and sign up for free complimentary health coaching. My prayer for you will always be 3 John 2. Beloved, I wish above all things that you prosper and be in good health, even as your soul prospers. I'll see you in a few days. God bless.